Huh. Hey, hey there. Uh, my name's Rudolph, and I, and I, uh, I'm having a real tough go of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it straight with you. It's almost Christmas, and I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling too useful. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling too well-adjusted right now, and I, I just, I just need a hand. All those other big, mean reindeer, they won't, they won't let me play in any of their reindeer games, and, well, it's so expensive to start your own reindeer games, I just... I, I, I wish there was something I could do. I wish there was something I could I could do to start my own reindeer games. And that's why I've partnered up with TV's Kevin Lanigan, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin, to, to start my own reindeer games. You can help the, the wittlest, weakest, most useless reindeer who will never amount to anything finally live his dreams for the low, low price of just $1 a month. That's that's twelve dollars a year. That's a that's the price of one set of three Starbucks coffees. That's amazing. Just twelve dollars a year, and you get access to things like uh, the Patreon exclusive podcast Hamel Minute, and also to me. You can do whatever you want to me, as long as I can live my dream of starting reindeer games. Patreon.com/slash/TV'sKevin. Promotional consideration provided by... Ho, ho, ho. It's me, Charles Dickens, author of Christmas Stories New and Old. And I want to tell you about this episode's sponsorship, The Spirit of Ratcliffe, a new secular Christmas album from famed comedian Connor Ratcliffe, the toast of the New York improv scene. From state champion records, you can pick this up in a beautiful red vinyl set or you can get it on Bandcamp The Spirit of Ratliff Enjoy From Easy A to Zombie Land Z this is Can We Get Emma Stone to Listen to This the podcast that aims to answer Exactly that. I am your host, TV's Kevin Lanigan. No, it's not a sex thing. It's a challenge thing. When the great Renaissance painters got together and collectively decided that we are going to draw babies as if they are tiny, shrunken, Benjamin Button old men, did they do it? because they thought it would get them laid? Well, maybe, but I do this show for the love of the game. Guess who just did that intro from memory after more than a year off from the Stone Zone, after after more than a year spent in exile, because I was getting too close to getting famed American actor Emma Stone to listen to an episode of this podcast, because I was getting too close to digging up the truth I had my nose in a sleuth and my book on the road, and I was and I was ready, finally ready, to get. I was I was spitting distance from Emma Stone, and then they they locked me up and they threw away the key. Who's they? I, I ain't even know. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was that after 
I, I, I went to go film the feature film Pet Turtles. I, I, I lost my rhythm and I decided to prioritize other things. Writing scripts, writing scripts for my comedy troupe Puffin Publishing, getting us to, to the place where we could write a movie, writing a second season from a famed American hit web series romantic comedy doomed to you. Maybe I just got waylaid. I got out of the habit. Maybe I wanted to focus on other things, but we're back, baby. After a calendar year off, we are back. People have been asking me. My phone's been ringing off the hook. Bring, 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 bring. My, mess my answering machine is full. Kevin, when is the Stone Zone coming back? And I am telling you now... Right now, and people been uh, I've been I've been getting uh, owls throwing letters in my window, hither and yon, higgledy piggledy, and they're like, Kevin, how consistently will the Stone Zone be uploaded? And I say, occasionally, whenever I have time, whenever I get a a, a, a guest, <laughs> whenever I whenever I come up with some fun comedy for you, whenever I have time. To stitch one of these together, you know, I'm performing comedy several nights a week. I, I have a weekly podcast, Jan Jive Action Nerds, also on hiatus due to schedule. I have a monthly podcast, the Puffin Publishing Podcast. I have all my script writing projects. I'm writing for the Daily Planet, ForbiddenPlanetNYC.com. I, 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 who has the time? to produce another show that they're not really making any money off of. Not me. Trying to maintain uh, the first healthy, functional, romantic relationship I've had uh, in many years, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and invest a proper amount of uh, proper amount of time and effort in that because there's almost nothing sadder to me than the idea that I would lose a romantic relationship from podcasting. I just don't. Frankly, I don't think it's worth it. It like maybe if I were Ira Glass, Ira Glass, This American Life, maybe it'd be worth it. If I was Sarah Koenig of Serial, maybe it would be worth it. If I was, uh, you know, your Scott Ackerman, Downtown Griffey Nooms, um, those my favorite murder ladies, any of the of the of the famed actually successful shows. If I was say a Chris Gethard, maybe. But uh, no, not not for the Stone Zone. <laughs> the Stone Zone is not worth throwing away actual human connection in hopes of this one tenuous theoretical connection I'm trying to forge. Kids, you gotta you gotta focus up. You gotta prioritize your life. You gotta prioritize yourself. Is it worth it to get into a room and and do comedy in front of my peers and and build relationships and potentially get booked on shows? Is it worth it to do that instead of sitting alone in my room monologuing into a sound recorder? Which, admittedly, when I moved to New York was kind of keeping me from suicidal ideation. Is it worth it to do that instead of this? Yes. Will I upload the stone loan? Occasionally is the answer to that. I'm a little out of practice. I'm a little rusty. We're going to keep doing this show all the same. I have a backlog of interviews from the original deluge of recording sessions um, that I'm going to upload every so often. I have a whole host of new comedian friends I want to get into this little booth. But for now, we just got to press on. We got we to gotta record ourselves an epi. We got to get back into the groove. An opportunity came to my feet and I said, all right, time to revive the Stone Zone. That opportunity will make itself clear later in the episode. But for now, let's return to our time-honored tradition 
of letters. If you want your letter read life on the Stone Zone, I will read whatever you send me, as long as it's not horribly racist. You can send that email to canwegetthispod at gmail.com. If you have my phone number, I will also, I guess, accept it in a text message. Don't. Also, you, I mean, you're not, I'm not going to give out my phone number. So that's canwegetthispod at gmail.com. Uh, this email is titled, Welcome Back, and it's from Karen in Kalamazoo. Karen writes, Dear TV's Kevin Lanigan, congratulations on the revival of the Stone Zone. Well, thank you. Um, it's weird that you knew that, because I, did, I didn't announce this. This is an impromptu return. But uh, no, no matter, maybe it was a, she was banking it for the inevitable day that this did make its triumphant return. I hear things are going well for you. Uh, I hear you're in a, an exciting new romantic relationship, and I hear it's going well. Again, weird that Karen knows that, because I'm very private about my love life. I, 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 there, there are certain context clues. If Karen's a pseudonym for, for any number of my friends, this, this makes a certain amount of sense. Um, Kevin, I see the, 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 your move into a new apartment is, is going relatively well. Um, and I see that your blood pressure is down. I know that your favorite color is blue and that you consume far too many bagels on a weekly basis. You will never, ever get Emma Stone to listen to this show and will die at the tender age of 45. So it is written in the stars, and so I return unto you. XOXO, Karen. <clears throat> that's, um, that's an, inter that's an interesting bit of information. That's, um, that's a, that's a, that's a tough not to crack there um does karen indeed know something that i don't does li li listeners do you think karen has a has a certain level of soothsaying powers that i am hitherto unprepared for do should i be worried about this karen should i be worried that they're they're premonitions could potentially come to light. I I I I I don't know. P.S. says Karen, you've nut three times this week. I will admit I had my doubts about the prescience of this, of this letter. But Karen has me pinned. Karen has me dead to rights. I have indeed nut three times this week. That is interesting. That is interesting. Is this some kind of looper scenario in the future? Am I indeed Karen? Am I going to attempt to shoot this Karen in a cornfield while learning French in the far distant future of Iowa? I do not know, and how can I? For though the future is written in the stars, I lack the ability to read it.
This has been Letters. Wasn't that an extra special letters section? I I thought I was recording the end of the show, but I forgot I have to intro the next guest. So um, we're gonna we're we're gonna edit that out. Mary, can you edit that out? She cannot. My next guest, my only guest. I'm not Conan. My guest this week is 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 by far, and I hope that. No one in the previous history of the show takes offense to this. Is by far the 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 greatest guest I've 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 accumulated so far. Uh, you may know him as the as the 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 upper crust of the New York improv scene. The the creme de la creme. He's the he's the Gandhi of the Herald. He's the Genghis Khan of the in scene edit. He's a, a, a really genuinely nice guy that I really enjoy talking to. Uh, you may know him from Ascat. You may know him from The Stepfathers, from Strife. You may know him from such shows as The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, from such shows as Orange is the New Black. And now you can know him from the Spirit of Ratcliffe secular holiday album available now from State Champion Records in both physical and digital form, you may know him as a hell of a guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Connor Ratcliffe. A dramatic arm gesture. Da, 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 da. Well met. Welcome to the Stone Zone. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so lots to talk about, and you, of course, have a wonderful new project. But I guess the first question always is, um, what is your relationship, if any, to famed American actor Emma Stone? Uh, I think I could, I could only say, I mean, I don't know if there's any... If we could uh, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon this, uh, but I, I, my initial reaction would be viewer only that I'm just an audience member. I've seen her in films. I've seen her host SNL, you know, things like that. But I, I, I certainly don't have any direct connection. I um, see. You might be able to. Um, and I, I've never worked with her. So I think you but perhaps you could get within maybe two or three degrees if you if you hopscotch from one project to another. There, there, I, ha, I haven't done that. I haven't done the work on that. I, I see. I haven't looked through, but maybe somebody could IMDB that and figure out what the, what the closest uh, connection would be. Right, right, right. So if we were, if we were playing, say, shuffleboard, you could mm -hmm. maybe get me to the outer rim of the shuffleboard, and then it's sort of up to somebody else to keep knocking me closer to the center. Uh, yes, very much so. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, that is that's that's all good information. We all need to know our um, six degrees of stone. Oh, it's six um, degrees, right? I, I I said seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's been so long since I played. I've actually. 
somehow added a degree. Uh, well, it gets harder and harder to pin Kevin Bacon down after after all the you know the Bernie Madoff stuff. Uh, you really gotta make an effort to get to Kevin Bacon nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's sad, but you enough. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste your time bothering with any more Stone Zone stuff. Uh, you have um, an exciting new album now. People know you from the stage. People know you from the screen. People know you from. The Orange is the New Black. And now they can hear you sing songs? What? what, what? Yes, uh, I, have a, I have a Christmas record out um, that I made with um, actual musician uh, Mikey Erg, who's a New Jersey-based uh, singer-songwriter. Uh, we worked together on a, a, a TV show called The Chris Gethard Show. He was... He was in the house band for that, and I was a, a, a frequent contributor to that show. And we became pals, and we bonded over uh, our uh, mutual affection for the music of Elvis Costello. And uh, once we became friends, we sort of started talking about, oh, well, at some point we should try to write a song together for fun. And there was a – we made this weird Christmas special a few years ago um, that you can find on YouTube – um, basically, um, when the Chris Gethard show, um, which was recently finished on true TV, but for years it was this, uh, sort of cult, uh, comedy, sh- weird comedy show on public access TV in New York. Uh, most people watched it on the internet. And when it, when it was a, an underground kind of public access show, um, we would do it every week, but we would obviously take off uh, some weeks of the year, including the week of Christmas. And uh, a couple of people who worked on that show started making these uh, Christmas specials called The Spirit of Gethard. Um, they were made by uh, Keith Haskell and Rob Malone would make these specials every year. Well, once the Gethard show became a quote unquote real TV show, um, that year the feeling sort of was, well, they had done three of these weird Chris Gethard Christmas specials. Maybe they should start doing them with like peripheral cast members of the show. Um, because this was still going to be like a, a do it yourself kind of, uh, kind of thing that would just show up on YouTube. So we made a special in 2015 called the spirit of Ratliff. And the, when they asked me to do it, the first thing I said was, I want to write a soundtrack with Mike Yerg. I want to write a bunch of new Christmas songs. Um, and so we spent basically an afternoon writing, uh, writing and recording, uh, a batch of Christmas songs. We, we wrote basically, uh, uh, seven. Well, I mean, depending on how you count them, uh, we wrote seven new, seven Christmas songs. And we did one, one of the songs we did two versions of, and we felt like, Oh, we've wrote a whole album. We've written an album. Um, but they were all really short. So it was only, it was only about 12 minutes long. Uh, when we tallied it up, we were like, we've done all these songs. And when we, we looked at the running time, like, Oh, some of these songs are only a minute long. Um, and then we made another EP the following year, uh, that was about, that was a, a collection of songs that were anti summer. And, uh, cause I hate summer and I love winter. I, I sweat all summer. I, I burn easily. I just don't like the weather, and I love being cold. I love warming up when it's cold. So we wrote these anti-summer songs, and then we were really trying. We felt like we'd made this like Christmas record, but it doesn't really feel like a record these days. I mean, I know you know most people listen to streaming or or you know their digital files. Like that's the 
That's the nature of the music biz these days. But it really, our goal was we want it to be a physical record somehow. And so we've been trying for a few years. And finally this year, um, we found a label that was willing to uh, take a chance on us and put it out as an honest-to-goodness like red vinyl LP. And so side one is uh, all of our Christmas songs. And side two is all of our anti-summer anthems. And... I- yeah, uh, amazing. So Team Team Endless Winter finally has, like, a soundtrack. Finally yes, and, has yes, anthems. And t- team Endless Winter is the hashtag that I created and that some people have, have picked up that. And, and some people say, oh, that sounds horrible for it to be winter forever, but it's really a negotiating tactic. I don't mind, su- I don't mind spring and fall. Um, I just hate summer. And I feel like you got to, if you're going to negotiate against summer you got to go full winter you you went for your your biggest ask so that you could be talked down to what you actually want which is minimal summer yeah i want three seasons a year no summer (laughs) right and then maybe we can you know we can get summer uh holidays and and every other weekend or something like that like a, a settlement that works for us and summer I would be so thrilled if one week a year it just was summer and and it was just like hot and everyone the beaches were crowded and everyone went swimming and got sun tans and sunburns and all and you know obviously hot parts of the world places that run hot I'm not trying to change the whole world I just want where I am to have three seasons maybe I need to move that could be the answer um, I grew up with four seasons. I, I grew up in Missouri, and I, I have harsh winters and harsh summers, and I hate the summers. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I lived through 18 years of Missouri summers, and um, the air is unbreathable. It, they're bad. You, they're they're yeah. wretched. And I, as much as living here without air conditioning, has mm-hmm. truly finally tipped me over against summer. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's still better than walking outside in Missouri and feeling like you're about to be crushed by the weight of the very air around you. I mean, one thing I will say is that in Missouri summer, mostly, unless, depending on your circumstances, like my experience, if I'm in Missouri during the summer, is that it's hot walking to your car and that's and, and walking to buildings. But you can avoid it. You can live a summerless life. And you just have to experience like, oh, being in a too hot car for the three minutes it takes to cool it down, you know, Um, and then you walk into an air conditioned building, you know, whereas in New York, it's it's you you find yourself in situations where, you know, you get up, you get showered. uh, And then if you have to take two trains, that might involve, you know, 20 minutes of waiting in the, you know, Herald Square subway station, which is basically for four months out of the year just a sauna just just the worst smelling sauna in the world Um, yeah it's a it's a sauna if people were uh say you know actively taking dumps in it it's a sauna it's a toilet sauna it's a it's (laughs) it's new york's famous toilet sauna uh where it's like we've combined two elements of private uh private living you know, you go into your sauna, you go into your toilet. Now you just go into one and wait for a train there. Right. And listeners might say, well, I love the sauna. I love basking. I love throwing that water over that hot coals. And I ask you to imagine that you 
are in a sauna in say your blue jeans um if you if you got into a sauna expecting if you were dressed for say 50 degree weather yeah and then boarded into a sauna that's just i need that's the mental picture so it's just like the shower you took the clean clothes you put on immediately become pointless you sweat through them and they're horrible they feel terrible and then you get into you know an air-conditioned train and suddenly you're freezing because you're when in, in the wintertime, you're cold and you get into a warm train and it feels great. In the summertime, you're hot and you sweat and then you get into a cold train and it makes you feel cold, colder than you feel in the winter. It's just uh, the process of getting warm. You can get back to normal like you can be cold outside and suddenly go in and get warm and you can get you can be made whole again without a full shower you know, without a new change of clothes. Um, I mean, obviously this is personal. There are a lot of people who, uh, my sister, you know, she feels the cold in her bones. You know, she feels it intensely in a way that I don't. She likes warm weather. I like cold weather. You know, like people are built for certain temperatures and this is clearly, you know, I am built for colder climate, but, uh, but I feel strongly about it. Um, and strongly enough, clearly, to write uh, a bunch of songs uh, about uh, how much I hate it. You hate summer in much the way that, say, the Black Eyed Peas love to party. Yes, um, yes. Enough um, to, to build an album around, a, a musical career around yeah. the hatred of summer. And and so we really felt like, um, you know, originally we were, uh, when I talked to uh, State Champion Records about putting out our Christmas, uh, you know, I wanted, originally I was thinking, well, it'll be a seven inch single. It'll be a, it'll be a, an EP of Christmas songs, our original EP. But then when I realized that I could pair it with the anti-summer songs, which really one of them is called Summer Is Not Christmas. So that they, they're thematically linked. And I thought, oh, I'll put the Christmas songs on side A and, and the summer songs will be, so it's a Christmas album that really you can listen to all year long because you can just flip it over to the other side and uh and you're good for another part of the year you can listen to that in july yeah i'm i'm tired of all these songs of the summer you know i'm I, you're 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 cut to the feelings you're yeah. you're uh i can't even name a black eyed peace song um but i think it's time that we had songs of the anti-summer for the for the for the misanthropes say yeah. like you or I, those of us that are, are say less in romantic relationships and more in a, in an unpaid uh, position as a space heater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think you're, you're doing a great service and I well, think people are going to catch on. I think, and I think um, I, I've been listening, you know, this is the two months of the year where, where I listen to Christmas music a lot. And I was listening to some new records um, to see what other, you know, what's the co- scoping out the competition sort of seeing, you know, there's a lot of people every year. There's a ton of new Christmas records. And, you know, John Legend has a new Christmas album out. And uh, um, the uh, um, uh, Ingrid Michaelson has a, a really good new Christmas album out. But I think the, the Christmas album that our record is in uh, sort of um, idealistic, sort of like principled competition with is uh, Mike Love from the Beach Boys has a. He has a Christmas album out called Reason for the Season. And I think because one thing about is I, I, I celebrate secular Christmas. I don't celebrate religious Christmas. I, 
I allow, you know, I, I'm fine with religious Christmas because um, I'm, a, I'm a devoted agnostic. I have no idea what's happening and I'm not interested in organized religion. I was raised Catholic, but I'm deeply lapsed. <laughs> and um, and so but I love Christmas. But I, you know, the, the opening the opening lyrics on the first song on the album are uh, uh, no more midnight mass for me because I don't believe in God. Um, I just believe in Christmas, whether he or she exists or not. That's like the opening sort of uh, a salvo on the album, making it very clear where I stand. I like the Christmas that is, you know, Santa Claus and Frosty and Deck the Halls and Rudolph and all of all those fictional characters. And I'm also fine if Jesus makes a cameo, but he's very much part of an ensemble, you know. A Jesus as a character, I mostly like. I like mercy. I like, you know, a healing the sick, feeding people. You know, it's all these. He has a lot of good. He's got a lot of good points going for him as a character. I love beating up gamblers and churches. It's my it's my bag. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I. I think. Uh. And I think. You know. Mike loves Christmas album. First of all, he's a Beach Boy, so that's a summer guy. And. His, the title track on his album is Reason for the Season, which is one of those things that religious Christmas people say to try to shame people into like remembering what Christmas is all about. And uh, I don't like it because I feel like religious Christmas sort of owes a debt. That I think religious Christmas should be thanking secular Christmas for boosting its profile, for boosting its numbers. I think if you got rid of all of the fun aspects of Christmas that have nothing to do with, you know, a baby that was born in a stable and then the king kills all these toddlers because he's trying to find this one magical baby. It's a pretty brutal story. Um, I, I don't think that the religious Christmas holiday would be a thing that people, you know, get into the mood for for two months. I think it would be like one of those it's the same reason why Easter needs like candy and a rabbit. You know, there's these gimmicks that make these religious holidays popular um, in a way that if you look at, any, you know, uh, uh, you know, Palm Sunday or you know, look at the, look at the look to the Christian holidays that don't have some like secular razzle dazzle shining them up and see how much we talk about them or think about them. You know, um, so when some when when Mike Love sings "Reason for the Season," and by the way, he sings it to the public domain tune of "Shortening Bread," uh, you know, like "Mama's Little Baby Loves Shortening, Shortening." Mama's Little Baby Loves Shortening Bread. Like we're um, on the fucking Prairie Home Companion. Okay. Yeah, and and the Beach Boys, you know, the Beach Boys, I think, you know, they've covered that song before, but now he's got a song that's like, "It's a reason for the season." It's <laughs> just like, and I'm like, okay. Okay, Mike. <laughs> Mike, Mike Love, famed Beach Boy, Mike Love. Yeah, I think you've made some some valid points that the war on Christmas folks haven't really factored in. Is that if we suddenly start chucking out trees and yeah. we're chucking out presents and, and we're chucking out festive and, drinks, and um, every you lose every child. Like whatever your numbers are, if you're like, okay, everybody pick sides. Is it going to be secular? Is it going to be Santa Claus or Jesus Christ? You lose every child. It's like Oblique. if they they continued Despicable Me and there were suddenly like, mm, no minions. We right. want no minions in this franchise. It's just Gru and mm -hmm. his three wards. Yes. Um, bold. Interesting. And, 
And the thing is, like, you know, and, you know, some of that is it's, you know, I as an adult have a hard time fathoming, you know, like he let himself be killed so that sins could be forgiven. Like, I, it's it's a thing I've never been able to wrap my head around fully that I'm like, I always think about all the other people who were being crucified at the same time. And like, <laughs> wouldn't it have been cooler if the thing he had done that day was like, no one can be crucified. The nails bounce off, you know, um. Like, that would be, like, a great time for one of those miracles instead of, like, a sacrifice by a person who knows that there's heaven. God used to be such a showman, like a consummate circus showman appearing in, in big columns of fire or smoke. And now it's it's he's really trying to—it's a stealth move. It's yeah. it's the unseen figure that's, that's manipulating everything. But he's losing his audience because he got less subtle. He, dot, he, he, you know, he ditched the catchphrases. He ditched the commercialism. Now he's doing it, you know, for the, for the art of it, quote unquote. But he's right. losing that core audience. Yeah. Uh, and, but in any case, I mean, I, I do, um, I do think that, um, you know, and, and Mike Love's album, I'm sure, is fine. I've listened to parts of it, um, just checking it out. But it very much is – We, Mikey and I, when we were doing this, what we were really trying to do is there – most – there's a – you know, a lot of people hate Christmas music, and they hate this time of year. And I think a big part of that has to do with there's the repetition of hearing the same songs over and over again. And, you know, a lot of people record Christmas albums where they just – do the same 10 or 11 songs and in some ways it's sort of like um you know they want to make this album because they've heard so many other people make this album so they all want to sing like chestnuts roasting on an open fire they want to they want to feel themselves it's kind of like uh sticking your head through one of those things where you um uh, there's like a drawing and it looks like you're, it, it, it looks like it's your head on something, someone else's body. It's it's almost like that's what a lot of the Christmas albums feel like to me is like, oh, I want to make that album, too. And it's more a gift to themselves in many ways than a gift to the listener um, who's heard it all before. So I really have an appreciation for any time someone writes a Christmas song that hasn't been written before, because um, I think there's lots of aspects of Christmas that uh you know haven't been uh haven't necessarily been addressed in a christmas song you know and um like sia had an album last year uh of christmas songs that she wrote and they you know some of them were very silly but they weren't just the same old christmas song like she was really taking a crack at like here's some new stuff you know um and I think that's I think that's uh, that's a big thing. So so Mikey and I, we really were trying to I don't think any of our Christmas songs are the kind of thing that you've heard before. Like, I don't think that they're covering like one of the songs is called uh, um, Christmas is over. Let's keep the lights up for a while. Um, <laughs> and something I actually believe, which is that I think I think January is really depressing because, you know, you have December is like. It gets dark, but it's it's the most festive-looking month of the year. It's the lights everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 days into January, there's just this hard blackout. All these lights come down. And it's too much. It's just like uh, – it's like pulling the Band-Aid off or, you know, it's, 
it's really too harsh. And I think we should just take, you know, take the Christmas trees down, take down anything having to do with Santa Claus, but like keep snowman things up or like snowflake things or like, like white lights that are like winter lights. They're more like winter decorations. So at least January feels a little bit less gloomy, you know? And I've never heard anyone write a song about that, you know? I've never heard anybody um, uh, express that even within a Christmas song. And um, and I think that's a, good, that's a good reason to do a new Christmas album is because you're like, well, I have, here's like seven things that haven't been said about Christmas, you know? I think the one song, and, and in some ways, if we want to tie it back to the theme of the, of the podcast somewhat, you know, um, I feel like, um, you know, Emma Stone, when she hosted SNL, um, sang with uh, A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon the uh, Christmas Candle song. Do you remember that? Uh, sure. I it, if indelibly you, burned into my research. If you look it up on YouTube, it's a, it's really good. It's it's a song, and it's a good Christmas song. It's a song about a thing that hasn't been sung about before, which is it's basically celebrating the Christmas candle that when you you need to give a gift to like a coworker or someone that you forgot to buy a gift for. And so you go into your closet and you find this candle that someone gave you. It's like a peach scented candle and you give it to that person as a gift. And then this same candle is it, They're celebrating. It like it's magical. It's, it's, uh, it's the gift of giving the gift you have to give. It's sort of like, uh, <laughs> and you know, and there's all these rules to it, like don't pair it with something else because it makes both things look small and dumb. And so it's just like you'll keep you'll give the gift and then you'll get the gift and then you'll give the gift. And that's a great Christmas song. And so it occurred to me one way that we might get Emma Stone to listen to this um, is, you know, she's someone who maybe, you know, uh, you know, she's someone who's, you know, you know, obviously uh, uh performed in one of the most famous movie musicals of recent vintage la la land and she's performed in on broadway and like cabaret and you know she's she's a musical actor um it's not implausible to think that at some point she might record an album of christmas songs or she might guest vocalize on someone else's christmas album um and uh, you know in an ideal world she would end up covering maybe one of the songs that's on this album you know, and maybe if we try to get her to listen to this Christmas album, it'll be a doorway into getting her to listen to the podcast. You know, people are talking about whether or not she's going to cover these Christmas songs. Yeah. yeah. Emma, if this is the one you're listening to, uh, Connor, could you provide her with the with how people can can acquire this album, can listen to this album? I mean, if you if you go to statechampionrecords.com, you'll see it listed there. It's called The Spirit of Ratliff. I think the song that I'm really we're really working to try to get someone to cover. Um, I think it's the I think I mean I'm happy with all the songs, but I think the one classic in the bunch is a song we wrote called "No One Wants a Pizza on Christmas Day," and it's sung from the point of view of a pizza, uh, singing about how every other day of the year uh, everybody wants him, but on on Christmas nobody wants him, so he's unloved on Christmas Day. And, uh, you know, most pizza places are closed on Christmas. You know, there's just most people don't, you know, cook up a frozen pizza on Christmas or make their own, you know, just other priorities. And it's this one day. Um, 
And it's only the song is just barely a minute, a minute and a half long. Uh, but it's poignant. And I think uh, I think Emma Stone uh, would sound wonderful singing that song. Um, and I think I have actually I may have actually done the work of um, I think I've gotten to Emma Stone within uh, two degrees, maybe. Wow, we are we are growing ever closer. I got to tell you, that is uh, four closer degrees than anyone else has been able to get me. So well, this in, is initially truly an auspicious day. Initially, I was thinking. I, I looked and and I believe she's in a a, a video by uh, a music video by Will Butler, who <laughs> recently was a guest on a show that I do called the uh, I do a show at a uh, Bright Citizens Brigade Theater called the George Lucas Talk Show, and we did it at New York Comic Con this year. And Will Butler was a guest. Now that's kind of cheating because normally those degrees game it has to be it can't be a live show. It usually has to be something filmed. Um, so I think I have it because Emma Stone was in an episode of Thirty Rock um, in 2012, and uh, Anthony Atamanik, uh was on the show Thirty Rock as one, he played one of the writers on the show, and I was on the President Show uh, with Anthony Atamanik, uh last year. So that's is that two degrees? That's two degrees, right? That's two degrees, yeah, uh, which is approximately it. the temperature outside. What a what a beautiful closed loop that is. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic, and I love that you did all of my work for me and brought it back to Emma Stone on your own. Yeah, and and you know, uh, and hopefully, you know, if she's listening to this, hopefully she'll go back and and listen to all of the episodes. That's the goal, right? Yeah, the deep, deep archive. I really just need her to listen to the one, but if she becomes an avid supporter, she starts mm-hmm. leaving those iTunes reviews. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pig in slot. Rate at, at least point. rate. If you don't, Emma, if you don't, if you don't review, at least rate. It's just one click. You know, just click those little buttons. Yeah, and uh, if anybody doesn't know what to leave on a review, uh, just leave the ordering information for the Spirit of Radliff LP. It doesn't have to be a substantive review. Just put that down there. Right. Um, but, but you will have met your goal, even if she just listens to a minute of this podcast, right? That's all I need. I need someone to run up with a pair of head. Now I'm not saying do this, but for the sakes of a hypothetical, I just need someone to like, be like, you know, that new sound you're looking for, listen to this and shove a pair of earphones in Emma Stone's ears. But that's not what I want to happen. But that's, but that, that, that would qualify. Ideally, ideally she'll just hear about it and check it out on her own rather than being forced to listen to it by someone coming up to her ideally she will see it on some sort of pod mass some sort mm-hmm. of like huff post article that has nothing to do with someone saying hey emma listen to this and she will go oh that sounds fun and right. listen to this on her own could be a google alert ah yeah oh i never thought of just spamming the internet that's a new that's a new tactic we tried a lot of things on this show and uh so far to no avail well, it, you know, it's a season of miracles, um, and, and I believe that even in a secular sense, you know. So who knows what could happen. The ultimate miracle is us. Well, I'll be a pig in slop. Wasn't that informative? Wasn't that entertaining don't you don't you think you learned a couple things about secular christmas i know i did you can follow connor ratliff on all major 
social media platforms and and check out the Upright Citizens Brigade website for an incredible list of his upcoming improv appearances. There's at least two a week, folks, and tickets are cheap. As for me, um, I kindly request that you leave us a rating and a review of this show on the, uh, the podcast platform of your choice, particularly Apple Podcasts, but they suck, so I don't I don't ask that you get in bed with them if you're not already there for the lay. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'm getting at. The Stone Zone will be back occasionally, but if you miss me, you can check out my weekly comedy RPG show, Jan, the Jive Action Nerds, wherever you got this podcast. You can check out the monthly Puffin Publishing podcast, still going strong, and will be going strong for the entirety of the Trump administration, which is still <sighs> so much of it left. You can check me out performing around NYC with my indie improv group, Brother, especially every Sunday night at 11 at the Upright Citizens Brigade East Village location. Tickets are free. Beer is $2. You're not going to find a better setup than that. I'll also be performing in the comedy show This Year Sucked. Uh, this upcoming Thursday, the 20th, at 9.30 at the, the Pine Box Rock Shop in Brooklyn, New York. Very excited about that. It's my first booked comedy show. I didn't tell the guy who booked me that it was. It is. And like you heard at the top of the show, I got a Patreon. Like everybody else, patreon.com slash Kevin. I don't have the time or the opportunity to get on there and do a lot of bonus content besides the weekly Patreon-exclusive podcast, Hamill Minute, where Kat Scott and I break down the Broadway spectacular Hamilton minute by minute. But I hope that you have a dollar a month to, to, to extend our way and, and, and really help grease the wheels and help bring some of these, these projects, these, these Pokemon musicals, these web series, these feature films, bring them that much closer to fruition for just one dollar a month. And with that... Maybe I'll be back next week with another one of these. Who can say? But until then, we shall end this episode as we end every episode. It's Christmas And no one wants me today No way Every other day of the year I'm feeling great Everyone wants me But I'm a pizza I'm a pizza And there's one thing You can say No one Wants a pizza On Christmas Day 364 days A year Pizza's for dinner Pizza's right here Everyone's ordering pizza pies Get a whole one or grab a slice But when Jesus has his birthday That's when pizzas have their worst day No one wants a pizza on Christmas Day No, 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 no No one wants a pizza on Christmas Day I'm